Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our home base is wedontdie.com, where you can always find past episodes. You can join one of our free Sunday gatherings. There's a medium demonstration included. It's a non-denominational inspirational service, 2 p.m. New York time every Sunday. And if you're a fan of my work, I now have a Patreon club. So Patreon members, if you wish to donate a dollar or whatever per episode, you certainly can do that. But what you get is a whole list of my now over 560 combined hours of episodes between all my work. You can search on them and new episodes that come out, you get them before anybody and you get them commercial free. You also can join, if you'd like, one of our medium classes that we host weekly. Everything you can find out is at wedontdie.com. We have a special returning guest today. Now, why is she so special? Well, four years ago, I interviewed her for the first time, but she assures us that our pets go on and we will see them again and we may even get a sign or two from them. Esteemed author and award-winning animal communicator and pet lost specialist, Karen Anderson is known for her heartwarming and insightful books that explore the afterlife of animals and the profound connections we still share with them. Karen has written three best-selling books documenting her journey from deputy sheriff to psychic, including her newly released book, The Pet I Can't Forget, along with her first two books, the Amazing Afterlife of Animals, and Hear All Creatures. Her books are filled with actual messages from departed pets drawn from sessions she conducted over the past 26 years. Karen also offers a free pet loss app, animal communication courses, and established a nonprofit animal sanctuary providing a final refuge for the pets no one else wants. Oh, the elderly, special needs, and abandoned companion animals have a forever home at Karen Sanctuary, and proceeds from her books and courses benefit the animals. You can visit her websites, karenanderson.net, and her nonprofit, which is paintedrainranch.org. Karen, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. That was a long intro. I need to like shorten that up a little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's just perfect because it's about oh, you and you. what you're up to. Well, welcome back. I know so many people watching didn't hear us four years ago when you were first on. So if you wouldn't mind taking over, telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this world. Right. Well, let me just start out by saying, you know, thanks everyone for tuning in. And Sandra, thank you for having me back again. Four years is too long. We need to not do that again. And uh, I truly started out like the most non-psychic person on the planet. I had never had a psychic reading. I didn't even really believe in psychics. And I just kind of went about my normal everyday life, but I loved animals. And I knew that I would always be working with them in some capacity. I just didn't know how. And as a kid, I could see spirits. It was normal, but it was all positive. It was 
family members and I would describe them to my parents and they would freak out, right? Because it's like, how is she doing that? And uh, more so I would tell them when there was something wrong with the, the, our, our dog or our cat, you know, when I was little, like five or six, that's when they started telling me, stop talking to the animals. Um, You have an overactive imagination and animals can't talk. And they kind of made me feel like I was doing something wrong. And so I hid it. I didn't let anyone know what I was doing. I just kind of had my little conversations with them. And, and it wasn't until later when I was all grown up as a deputy in Colorado, where everything started to basically snowball and maybe it's because of the heightened awareness from me being out there on my own as a female police officer the only female in the department at that time back in 2000 oh my gosh that's a long time ago and um i started getting messages from the animals on crime scenes like i wasn't even trying i was also strengthening my animal communication skills, you know, when in my personal life, but I'd go to a scene and the animals would start telling me things about who the bad guy was or where they were hiding. And it was correct. Can you it give us an example? Because that sounds yes. too good to be true. Tell us what I happened. Know. Well, it, it kind of freaked me out the first time it happened. So you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, is this really happening? You know, am I losing my mind? I'm hearing voices in my head. So uh, the first time that happened was there was a call. It was late at night. It was summer. So it was pitch black up in the Rocky Mountains. We're at 8,000 feet. Little town called Bailey, southwest of Denver. So the call came out for a vehicle rollover with a wanted felon that was known to be armed and dangerous and was also a DUI. So uh, we arrived on scene, myself and a couple of other officers, and uh, they went in search of he fl- the suspect fled on foot. They went to the left of where I was, and I was told to stay there at the scene of the rollover and maintain perimeter. I was always given perimeter. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Stick Anderson on perimeter. She can't get any into any trouble there, right? The real action is going on over there, but we're going to stick Anderson on perimeter. Anyway, I was the rookie. So, yeah, that's what happens to rookies. So I'm sitting there by myself in my patrol cars, pitch black, and it's an open field. And all there are are huge pine trees to either side of me and a big open field in front of me with tall grass. And as I was sitting there, I was listening to the chatter on the radio, and I'm pointing here because that's where our pack sets are when we're out. It's clipped onto your uniform. So I'm listening to the chatter, and they're looking for this guy. And I'm sitting there in the dark by myself thinking, Oh my gosh, what if he's here? And I'm looking around, I don't see anything, it's dark. And as I do, there was a small herd of deer that walked through the field that I was in. They knew I was there, they they knew I wasn't a threat, so they, they were fairly close. As I was thinking, where is this guy? Where is he hiding? I made eye contact with one of the deer who popped its head up, looked right at me, and I heard, 
logs over by the logs, which were to my right, the opposite of where the other officers went. And the deer kept looking to the right, not to the left where all the other officers were. So I'm sitting there in the dark going, whoa, did I just hear that? <laughs> so I snuck around and I went up and around my patrol car and drew my weapon. And as I got closer, I was so scared, literally. I was just off of um, training. So it was one of my first calls by myself. I drew my weapon and in the shakiest voice, I yelled, put your hands up now, sheriff's office. And I could literally feel like my heart pounding in my chest. And all of a sudden these two hands pop up from behind the logs. And I thought, oh, oh I found him. So of course, you know, get on the radio. I've got him at gunpoint. Everybody swoops in. I cuff him. I get him in the patrol car and other officers come over, they're patting me on the back. Hey, Anderson, way to go. Great job. How'd you know where he was? Well, I wasn't about to tell him. Um, the deer told me, you know, no way. I would have been the laughing stock of, you know, the whole department. It was bad enough being the only female officer. You know, I had to do everything faster, better, quicker, you know, just to keep up with the guys. So I just kind of kept that part to myself, but that was the first time. So I literally heard the message of where this suspect was hiding and it blew my mind. And I was, it was just at that point, the doors were wide open. I thought, well, if I can get that information from a wild animal, you know, what can I get from a domesticated animal, a dog or a cat or somebody that's on the scene of a crime where it actually happens. So that's how it all started. Crazy. Crazy. Okay, now continue. I just, it's such a precious story and like, wow, we needed to hear it. Yep. Thanks. Yep, it was crazy. So from there, you know, it just kind of exploded. And I think it was because just you know, as a police officer, you're in a state of heightened awareness because you have to be. And that is goes hand in hand with psychic development. And any good police officer out there, you'll hear them say, you know, they had a hunch about something or was their gut instinct. Well, that's intuition. That's psychic development. Those are those are skills that you develop in the psychic realm. So Police work actually went hand in hand with my animal communication skills. What happens next now? Because from there, now you've got three books, you train people, you do so much, and you've got lots of stories how pets can communicate. How did this develop into, first of all, you left the force <laughs> eventually here. And tell us about getting more into, um, yeah, talking to animals. Well, it didn't make sense at the time. Like I could not understand why I was drawn to be a police officer. But now as I look back on it, I understand. That's where I needed to go. I needed to follow that path. It literally opened that door for me to step through to, to go from skeptic, which I was a skeptic. I was a total skeptic. I didn't believe in, <laughs> in afterlife. I didn't believe in reincarnation. I didn't believe in animal communication. But then I remembered, I started remembering 
I used to be able to do this as a kid. You know, we for, we forget certain things. You know, we push them down, and and that's what happened to me. So as I started remembering, I felt almost like I was pulled onto this path. I can't describe it. If it's ever happened to you, you you know what I'm talking about. It is an indescribable feeling where you just are compelled to follow a certain path. And that's what I did. I started to trust those instincts and pay attention to them, which led me to police work. Now, I knew that, gee, I was getting older, suspects were getting younger, and I'm trying to run around with 25 pounds a year on me and 8,500 feet up in the Rocky Mountains and two feet of snow. That's tough work, right? So I knew in my heart that I was destined to something else. I just didn't know what the something else was. And I went on basically a, a journey, a spiritual journey, trying to figure out what to do with this. I ended up leaving the department and continuing to practice my animal communication skills, which just exploded. And I started doing sessions for family, friends, you know, anybody I could. And the requests started to trickle in. Not fast. It was not a fast. <laughs> Most everyone I knew thought I was crazy. You know, oh, Karen, you know, she was crazy enough to want to be a cop. But now, you know, she leaves the department and now she's talking to dead animals. Okay, yeah. That's normal, said no one ever. So um, I started to <laughs> attend uh, psychic expos, uh, metaphysical fairs. And I spent the next three years traveling across the United States and really practicing face-to-face with clients. And I'd sit at my card table Uh, Friday through Sunday, and I would do readings right there in the convention, uh, right next to the tarot card reader, or right next to the, you know, past life regression person, or, you know, whatever, whoever was there in the reader's area. That's where I crafted my skills. And that's where I really learned how to get in quickly and get information and deliver it, regardless of the ambient chaos that was going on around me. That's true. I know you no longer do readings one-on-one. You now teach people and they do it. And there's a whole list of people you have on your website, which is great. But in the beginning now, was it, or is it just people communicating or you helping them communicate with their pets that have passed? We'd love to hear some stories and we'll get into obviously some of the training and your app, which I didn't know you had and how people can connect with their living pets, but what kind of stories do you have? And maybe even some stories from the books that let us know that our pets go on. And I ask this because I've had pets and they're, they've been closer to me than most human beings. And so grief, regardless of whether it's a human or a furry or feathered friend, it can be, it can be actually worse sometimes than a, a human being passing because those pets crawl into our hearts, sometimes places that we never let human beings go. So the grief can be really tough. So if you would, maybe just tell us some of your heartwarming stories of connections beyond the veil with Fido or Fifi. 
Right. I know. I've got a million of them. I don't know how much time you want this podcast to go, but yeah, it's um, usually about an hour, but just <laughs> or so we'll just let it go where it goes. But don't I laugh. have I have quite a few um very heartwarming and amazing stories. And some of my favorites I'll share with you. And of course, there's many, many more that I write about in my books, but I think one of the first most powerful things that ever happened was I was at a barbecue for the 4th of July party. And I was in between trying to figure out what I wanted to do with myself. I had no clue what to do with this information. Like I said, I felt compelled to do something with it, but what do I do with it? So I was working back in the mortgage business, which I, that's where my background was. I spent about 18 years in the mortgage industry, hated it, but, um, I was at this party and the person who was hosting lived next door to this woman who had a a bird that her cats caught in the yard and she was nursing it back to health. And they wanted to know if I would talk to this bird. So I said, okay. So I went over there and this little, it was a tiny little dove. It wasn't like a chickadee or, you know, a, a wild animal. It was a dove it was on her finger and I put my hand out and it stepped right on without hesitation. And it started talking to me, but it started telling me about my life and what I was supposed to do with it and what was happening and the turmoil that I was feeling and the disconnect I was feeling with my current choices and my relationships. And I started bawling. I'm standing there holding this bird in this woman's kitchen, holding this little dove and tears. They, they don't have any clue what I'm saying or what the bird's saying. Anyway, that, that ended up being the catalyst. This little bird basically told me that I needed to continue on my path of communicating with animals and that he had been waiting for me for a long, long time. It, I wrote all about it. It's in the first book, Carol Creatures. So that was incredible. And then I started to get really cool messages. Like one of the first messages I remember ever getting is I was working with a client and and her horse who was still alive at the time. And her horse said something to me that didn't quite make sense. He said, apples in the air. Of course, we know horses like apples, right? But in the air, I didn't quite understand that. But my job as an animal communicator was to deliver the message, to not try to interpret it. Don't put my spin on it. Don't try to figure it out. Just deliver the message. So I told her what I was hearing. I said, is there any reason why your horse would say to me, apples in the air? Like, what does that mean? And she thought about it for a minute. She went, oh, my gosh, I know what that is. Her neighbor down the street would drive to work every day. And as he passed her corral where her horses were, he would roll down the window to his old beat up pickup truck and he would throw apples through the air into her horse's corral. And they loved it, of course. So that's how I discovered that the animals will say things from their perspective. You know, the horse didn't say, oh, the guy in the old truck threw apples at me and I love it. The horse said apples in the air. So that's the cool part about this. They'll put words together or they'll they'll make up a sentence that 
it may not be how we would say it, but that's how those messages started coming through. And it was just so cool. I thought that was so amazing how, how they could do that. So that was like a real pivotal moment for me there to realize that don't interpret, just accept it for what you get. And um, shortly thereafter, I started connecting with animals who had passed on. And for me, it's easier because an animal that's in spirit is pure energy. And energy is what animal communication is all about. It's based on telepathy, which is mind-to-mind communication. It's basically mediumship with animals, connecting with departed spirits of animals. And their energy would come through very, very quickly and easily for me. And I started to really excel in that area, being able to understand what they were saying. And this is the cool part. I had one of my first clients said to me um, over email, she said, Karen, I live in Germany. I have a racehorse who's been trained only in the German language. He's not doing very well on the track. Will you be able to communicate with him? Because he's only been around German speaking trainers. He doesn't know English you know, will he understand you? And I thought about it. I said, well, I have no idea, but let's find out. And Sandra, there was no problem whatsoever. That horse spoke to me in clear English. And I spoke to him in clear English. And there's just this translation that must take place somehow. I don't know how, but the messages came to me in a way that I would understand them. And the messages from me were delivered to him in a way that he understood them. So it was all a sense of discovery and these amazing things that take place during a session. So um, I was just fascinated by this. And um, of course, the messages that come through from the afterlife were the most, some of the most powerful and amazing and powerfully healing messages because when we're in pain and when we're grieving, the one thing that we want to know is, are they okay? Are they still with us? Do they blame me for not medicating every time, for missing that vet appointment, for not taking them in sooner, for not doing the procedure, you know, based on all of those things that we experience when we lose a beloved companion. And when the animals started to share messages with me that only they would know, that proved beyond a doubt to their moms and dads, which I call you their moms and dads, that is a powerful experience that they can share that message. And I could feel the grief literally lift it shifted. It's like the room got lighter. I could feel their pain subsiding just by hearing one afterlife message. It's amazing. And that's why now I teach others how to do this because it's so easy. It's really easy. But um, I got addicted to that feeling of helping somebody move past that pain. That was like the greatest accomplishment of my life to be able to pull someone who's in that dark, dark place and show them, hey, you don't have to stay there anymore. 
you know, your beloved cat or dog or horse or parrot or whoever it was, guinea pig, rabbit, whatever, is still alive and well in spirit form. And they're sending me detailed messages to show you that they're still a part of your life and they will never leave you. They will always be by your side. It's really powerful. It is. It's just like when somebody has a really good medium reading. Yes. Comforts them that they've lived on. What kind of, you said messages that are specific to them. So, you know, I've got a couple of cats and dogs and things and spirits. So they can come by and they say, thanks for petting me. Thanks for feeding me. You know, that sort of thing. But what kind of specifics would you or one of your people um, be able to give or have given? I mean, could it be the breed of the animal? Could it be, do they know things about the house? Like what kind of specifics besides the it's so fun what they know and the things that they notice and the things that they talk about, things you probably wouldn't expect. So, for instance, um, I had a departed Great Dane named Cooper one time, and I was communicating with him, and I had his mom on the phone with me, and he kept saying, there's something in her hair. She has something in there's." what is this in her hair? The dog is saying this to me. And I, I could almost feel like something in my hair. So I said to my client, I said, what Cooper wants to know what's in your hair. What, what did you do? And she started <laughs> laughing. She said, Oh my gosh, Karen, I just got extensions in my hair. And she said they were like these little kind of lumpy bumpy things, you know, they kind of weave them in. And she says, they're driving me nuts. <laughs> And she didn't have those when Cooper was alive. So he was wondering, what the heck does mom have in her hair, right? Because it changed her whole look. So they'll talk about things like that. I had another <laughs> another one of my favorite ones. Uh, it was a little um, a poodle mix. And um, he kept telling me, he kept showing me green beans. And he would make this like yuck face, like, Ugh. And um, I didn't know what that was all about. So, of course, I just share what he's telling me. And his mom started laughing. And she said that her other dog developed diabetes. So uh, she had to switch them off of the normal, you know, fatty gro grocery store commercial treats. And she had to switch them over to carrots and green beans. Well, this particular dog liked the carrots, but he didn't like the green beans. She said he would spit them out every time. So these are just some of the things that they'll talk about, things that only that pet would know and only their human would be able to validate that, yes, that's my boy. He hated green beans. He used to spit them out all the time. So those are some fun things that they talk about. And you just never know what it's going to be. And your three books are packed, filled with stories. Oh, tons and tons of stories. I mean, truly, it is a... Uh, um, to me, the proof, the evidence, you know, I'm an ex-cop, so I look for evidence. You know, I want proof. And if you don't have evidence, you don't have a case. So when I started doing this work, I wanted evidence. I wanted proof. And the, the proof is in there in the stories where the moms and dads are validating the messages that are coming through, which some of them are just mind-blowing, amazing. They know what we're doing. They know what we eat. I had another, um, I think it was a cat one time. Yes, I had a cat one time ask about crumpets. Now, in the UK, people know crumpets. 
in the USA, we don't eat those as much or talk about them as much. So I thought a crumpet, what in the world? I mean, that's not even in my vocabulary, right? This cat wants me to talk about a crumpet. Well, the client told me that she had just received a gift package that had crumpets and jam in it. And she had had one that morning, right before the session. I mean, crazy, right? <laughs> so they know what we're doing. They know what we're thinking. And the reason why, Sandra, is because they're with us. They share the same space, the same energy. They love us. There's nowhere else they would rather be than with us. Now, they're not with us all the time. I mean, think about it. If you had no physical restrictions, would you stay in one place? Heck no. I'd be like all over the cosmos, right? I'd be in Hawaii. I would be down at the beach. I would be in the mountains. I would be zipping everywhere I could go. And they can do the same too. But the majority of the time they are with us and near us. And they can be in more than one place at one time. They are not bound like we are to this physical vessel where we can only be here. So. You have to trust that they're there and talk to them like they're there because they hear you. They love it, love it, love it when you say their name, when you especially say their nickname. That is their absolute favorite because that is made out of pure love. And I don't know about you, but I morph the names of every animal I have. You know, Harley turned into Harley Barley, which turned into Harley Barley Banana, which turned into banana fana, which turned into, you know, so they love that. And the more that you say it, the more that you talk about them, it draws them near. Even if it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40, 50, 60, my oldest client was in her mid nineties and I connected with one of her childhood cats. And that cat came through loud and clear, like it was here right in my office with me. So time doesn't matter. Distance doesn't matter. You could be on the opposite side of the world and your pets can be with you and communicating with me and right there with you telling me what's in your room. I had this cat one time tell me, talk about the curling ribbon. Curling ribbon. Well, it, and I'm on the phone. My clients would call me. We didn't have Zoom back then. <laughs> we have Zoom now, of course, but so I'm on the phone, talk about the curling ribbon. So she turned around and looked, and in her room where she was, it was the kitchen, it was had been her birthday week celebration. She had tied to the back of the chair she was sitting on some helium balloons tied to the chair with curling ribbon. It's incredible. Question. Yes. Not an easy question. Okay. Those of us who have to make a decision that our cat or dog or animals too sickly, we put them to sleep. What I know is there's a lot of questions. Was that the right move? There's guilt. What do the animals have to say about that? Okay. Um, that's a tough one. Um, sorry. I, um, I lost eight of mine while I was writing my new book. 
So sorry. Thank you. And, you know, I don't think there is a moment where I've ever felt like 100% peaceful and okay with the way everything went with them, even doing the work I do. So think about that for a moment. I can communicate with them while they're here. I can communicate with them in the afterlife. And I still feel sometimes those pangs of guilt and those emotions. We are not exempt as animal communicators. We're human. And those are normal feelings. The best thing I can tell you is those are human concepts. The animals do not have those words in their vocabulary. Guilt, blame, we don't need to ask their forgiveness. These are concepts to them that are completely unknown and it confuses them because animals are so pure and so loving. They know that you love them so much that you would do anything for them and that's all that matters. So the way things ended, if it didn't end right, which I don't know that we can ever say it ended right, except maybe it ended peacefully or I don't know. There's so many variables there. So however it was, if it was a tragic accident, if your pet went missing and you just never knew what happened to them, if it was a peaceful euthanasia, if they died you know, on their own, however the end of life came, just trust and know that your companions do not blame you or hold you responsible for anything, even if you were the primary cause of their passing through accident or whatever happened. It's just not part of them. And they rarely want to talk about their final moments. It doesn't matter to them. Their life is way more important than their death. So we, as their moms and dads and caretakers, need to honor that and make their life more important than how they died. It's a powerful thing when you think about it. How would you want to be remembered, Sandra, for that last 24 hours of your life? If if people remembered Sandra for that, what think of all they're missing out on. I mean, look at you. You are like so busy doing all this stuff and helping so many people and creating this beautiful space for learning and growing and spiritual awakenings. But we're only going to remember you for the last 24 hours of your life. It's no, right. It doesn't make sense at all. And so I know, why do we do this with our pets? Right. It's tough being human. And just like mediums, it's very similar to people. We human beings do this, the best job we can at the time. We make those tough decisions. Our loved ones have lived on and they know how tough it is to be alive and let go of guilt, let go of regret. We all do the best thing we know at the time. I wanted to ask you, so many times when a pet departs, we say, I'm, I'm never going to get another one, never going to have another pet. <laughs> and like right. by miracle, stray cat shows up or you just happen to be somewhere and a dog needs to get adopted and may have a similar personality to the last one. Do our pets, do you think, send these little angels because they know it'll heal our hearts? (laughs) Without a doubt. Absolutely. 100%. 
I've got a story in the new book, uh, The Pet I Can't Forget, and it's about that very thing. There's actually several of them where a new animal comes into the life and they start even displaying some of the same little weird personality quirks as the pet that had just passed away. Absolutely. They send these little uh, lifesavers, I call them, because they know what we need better than we know what we need to help us heal. So even if that animal is only with you for a short time, like if you just helped a stray get off the street and get to safety and find their way back to their home, there is always a reason why these things happen. And uh, I think it's beautiful when they send these little lifesavers into our life because it, it truly, for me, it helps me heal so much faster having another animal to give my love to. It, it doesn't take away the pain. Nothing takes away the pain. You know, I, I wish something did, but nothing does. But you have that choice to either keep focusing on the negative and the pain and the sorrow, or you can say, you know, how can I use this energy and put a positive spin on it that will also help my departed companion? Because they are with you in your space, hanging around you. And guess what? You think it's fun to hang around you when you're sad all the time or when you're grieving all the time? Or when, every time you think of them, you cry. You know, they begin to get a complex, right? Like, oh my gosh, she just started crying again. She just started thinking about me. It's not going to hurt them. Don't get me wrong. It won't stop them on their spiritual journey. But let's face it, we're all a lot more fun to be with when we're happy and living our life fully and just enjoying day, our day-to-day -day life. We are more fun to be around. So guess what? They'll be around us more and they'll be more active and they'll more likely send us signs, which is what I just wrote about in my new book is all the signs that they send us. You must so. be psychic because that was my next question I was going <laughs> to ask. Is what segue? I know. So that was the one thing I think that prompted me to write this book is that so many clients, when they would have an afterlife session with me, they would say, you know, I, I got a, a feather or I found this uh, coin. I keep finding, you know, pennies or dimes or, you know, whatever it is, or you know, I, I saw the, the name of my pet like all over the place. You know, is this real? Is this a sign? Or they came to me in my dreams. And it just seems so sad to me that so many people were doubting that these were actual afterlife signs. And I was compelled, there's that word again, to really shine a light on it. Yes, these are signs. Yes, your beloved companions are letting you know that you're near. Yes, they can manipulate things like electronics, computers, televisions, lights. They can do all kinds of things with uh, anything that's battery operated or plugged in because why? It's energy and they are pure energy. So it's very easy for our departed loved ones, both human and animal, to manipulate electronic equipment. Their picture will pop up on your phone. Or you might see something that has their name on it across your uh, computer screen when you sit down. Or, you know, you might see, um, I would have a, a session with a client and they'd pop their computer open, their laptop and warm it up. And they'd come in for their session and their pet's picture would be right there without any prompting, 
right? That it's somehow just uploaded on their computer screen right there. I mean, these things happen and these are real signs and you need to embrace them and say, yes, thank you so much for that. Because the more we acknowledge these signs, the more signs they send. Because that goes out into the universe. It's like fuel for them. And they can use that spiritual fuel, so to speak, to send more signs. So that's how you get more. Just like humans. Yes, exactly. When when they know like what I'm doing is working, but you need to let them let them know. What about if you feel like a, your cat's gone in the other world, but you feel like it's still jumping up on the bed or you feel like the dog's lying next to you and it's not. Are those gentle things that your animals may do to let you know I'm still here? Yes. And you know, it's so real. You know, I, I'm sitting here at my desk where I would do sessions. And as I prepared for each session, afterlife session, I could actually feel the animal moving around me. Some would rub up against my legs. Some of them would uh, move my hand. I had one dog that was playing uh, keep away with me. It had a, a ball and it kept bringing me the ball virtual, but it wouldn't give it to me. And she'd run around all excited and she'd bring me the ball and I'd reach for it. She'd be like, nope, can't have the ball. So when we, and, and I could feel her presence. It was a, there was a, a definite change in atmosphere. So when you feel their fur, when you feel the weight of them, or when you feel the warmth of their body, it's real. This is a, a manifestation of who they were in physical form. And you must know, first of all, it takes so much energy for them to do that, which is why you need to be immediately gracious and grateful and thank them and say, oh my gosh, I felt that. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Because they literally expended all their energy doing that. And if you don't acknowledge it, their battery's on low. So then they have to wait until they build up that energy level again, just like when you have to charge your cell phone again to be able to send you another sign. So just be grateful and know that it took a whole lot for them to do that. And they love it. They love the attention. And yes, when you feel them walking across you, jumping on the bed, jumping off the furniture, this is, these are real signs. These are manifestations of what they used to do in physical form. And it is a, it's powerful because it kind of catches you off guard, right? Like I've done this. I look, I feel something. I look down, there's nothing there. And even me as an animal communicator, a psychic, a medium, I look down, there's nothing there. I think oh, I'm crazy, right? Because that's what we do. We're human. And then I go, oh, I know who that was. So, you know, sometimes even mediums like me, sensitives like me, we don't always know who's bumping us or who's nudging us or who's bringing us the ball. We have to tune in psychically and open up that space so we can see with our inner eye or psychic eye because our physical eye doesn't always see what's happening. So it's a thrill when that happens. And I love it. I love those moments. Sometimes you might just feel like something, almost like a feather or something come across your hand or across your face. They'll give you little licks. It's just wonderful. Oh, it's so sweet. You know, most people have heard the Rainbow Bridge poem. In short, when it's your time to go, your little pet or maybe big pet has been busy having great time. And then they see you and you're crossing the bridge. They come to 
to join you. And it's a tearjerker, but it is, it's so special. And I remember interviewing a lady who had a near death experience. And the first person who greeted her was her mom who had passed, but then all the animals she ever had were right there with her mom and crawling all over this, this woman. And even the horses came by and she was so comforted that not only her mom showed herself, but also the animals. So we'll, we'll be together with them when it's our time and, and they'll be right there. Let me talk, let's talk a little bit about your books. Um, Here All Creatures was the first one, right? Yes. Here and then creatures. I, I don't have that one, but I got this one. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Karen Anderson fan. There's Here All Creatures. And then this one is your brand new one. How nice. There's my brand new one. The pet I can't forget. Yay. I know. I'm going to get a bumper sticker. Pet, I can't forget. Yeah, just to tell us a little um, bit the difference between the three books. I know they all so build on the same fabulous message. They um, are. They're a good continuation. They're a good story. And Hero Creatures, the first one, really documents how I got started and the message from the little dove and the way my life was changing in ways that I didn't understand, but I kept being drawn to this crazy world of animal communication and how I started to understand their language. Because at first I didn't understand what the animals were saying. So it took a while. It's kind of like when you go to a foreign country, you know, you get there and you might know a few words, but the longer you stay, the more you learn, right? Same is true with animal communication. The more you communicate with them, the more you begin to understand this language, so to speak. So Here All Creatures is about that journey and some of the very first messages that I received incredible messages. Um, and that led right into the amazing afterlife of animals, which really documents my background in law enforcement and how I was getting these crazy messages as a police officer, and then turned that into my full-time career by conducting sessions. And just how incredible it was to be delivering those important messages. And that's, there's a responsibility with that because I have clients that I have had for years, like going back to 2004 and they'll, they'll still remember exactly what I told them. So think about that. I can't remember what I did five minutes ago, but clients will remember exactly what I told them in a session from 20 years ago. That's powerful. So along with this comes the responsibility of delivering the message accurately. And the amazing afterlife of animals goes into the accuracy of those messages and how detailed they are and how healing they were and the transformations that took place because they are absolutely proof that their pets are still with them. There's no way that I could have had a hidden camera in their houses to be able to tell them, you know, what color their room was or what color their car was or, you know, what what their mom, departed mom or dad or grandma looked like, who they all usually come in to a session together. As you were saying, you know, when the animals would come through to me, I would often see loved ones. So the amazing afterlife is, is all about those stories and just beautiful messages and healing in that book as well. In your latest book, lots of signs, you said. As well. Signs, yes. Um, those signs from the afterlife are so healing. And when you really sit and think about how much effort goes into it, 
even just um, sending us a feather or a coin or maybe a heart-shaped rock or a butterfly or dragonfly or or birds appearing and you know reappearing and seeming to be fearless about our presence all of these signs are powerful and when you stop and you enjoy them for what they are and you appreciate what all went into it it can very well transport you out of that dark place and that's what the book is about there it's filled with the types of signs animals send how they send them where to look for them and also stories of other people just like you and I who have received afterlife signs and how transformative each one of those signs has been and plus at the very end I share a bunch of uh sessions that I conducted um, with amazing, incredible messages that came through. Beautiful work. I've got three more questions for you. One One is about the app. What the heck is it? The other one is the animal communication courses, because I think, you know, when I was grieving last of my dad, I focused all my attention on studying grief, more about the afterlife. I mean, we need to put that grief somewhere because it can kill us inside. Um, But I'd love to hear more because somebody might be interested in the animal being an animal communicator. And then also I want to hear about your animal sanctuary. Yes. Okay. Whichever you want, but yeah. Okay. So the app um, it's a free app. You can download it right now. If you're on um, iPhone, just go to the app store. It's uh, the, the name of the app is pet loss, hope, and with the and sign healing. Pet loss, hope, and healing. And it's got a pretty heart uh, with a paw in it. That's the logo. And on Google Play, it's in Google Play too for all the Android users out there. And it is full, Sandra, full, 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 full of resources, afterlife insights, animal communication. There's a members only. It's free. You just sign in as a member. You get access to podcasts and interviews and content, so much information to help you understand, you know, knowledge is powerful. You need to understand what happens when your pet passes away. You need to understand how things are in the afterlife, how messages are sent so that they can help you move through your grief. This app is full of that. There's also a web version for those of you who don't have smartphones. The web version is simply petlossapp.com. And it doesn't have as many bells and whistles. We're adding more and more every single month. We get a few more little special things in there. But uh, the mobile app has the most um, content. So you can check that out. Again, it's free. These just tons of resources. There's even a directory in there of animal communicators that I have worked with that I recommend who can conduct a session for you. And, uh, you know, my goal is to pay it forward. So I'm taking everything that I've learned over the past 26 years and I'm going here, here you go. And I'm paying it forward. I offer an online course, which is called the complete animal communication formula. It is a, um, self paced, meaning no zooms, no meetings, no classes, no competition for my attention. It's you logging in 
at your convenience, practicing in the modules. And Sandra, get this. I give you personal feedback in every single module. Crazy. Who does that? Usually when you sign up for an online course, you're just looking at slides. You get my personal coaching and personal feedback. And the price is insanely ridiculous. I won't tell you how much because I may be raising it soon. Yeah. But well, and somebody might be looking at this interview 20 years. Right. So you yeah. got to check it out. The steps are so simple. I was just on an, another podcast and the host was asking me, well, isn't it hard to do this? And is there like some secret formula? And I, I said, no, I said, it's so simple. I can teach most people how to do this in 15 minutes, because if you love animals and live with them, you're already doing animal communication. But I can show you just how simple it is to send and receive a message in 15 minutes. So the learning the steps is very simple. Obviously, doing this on the level of what I was doing, of delivering these accurate messages, that comes with time and practice. It's like any other skill, playing the piano, tennis, you know, whatever it is. You know, you start out and you're, you know, you're kind of not good at it. And then you get better and better and better and better the more that you practice. So are you going to be an animal communicator overnight? I don't know. Maybe if you're naturally gifted, you will. But you can learn how to connect with your pets. It's so simple. You don't have to have any special gift or talent. Like I said, I'm the most non-psychic person on the planet. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. What's a good first tip you might want to give someone? Because obviously we don't have 15 minutes or trust. Trust. Okay. You have to trust. You have to trust the process. You have to trust that it works. You have to trust what you receive. So for instance, I have this turned off, but we all have these little gadgets, right? So do we need to know, Sandra, how that piece of equipment works in order to make a phone call? No. We trust that all the little parts are going to do what they're going to do. And when we dial that number or text, it's going to get where we want it to go. The same is true with animal communication. You don't need to know how it works. You just have to trust that it works. And animal communication is a lot like texting because telepathy is mind-to-mind communication. Texting is electronically transmitted messages, right, from you to someone else. It's the same thing. So you're already doing a lot of things right now that will help you be on your way to learning animal communication in no time. Cause it's not hard. The steps are very, very simple. And I also offer private coaching um, depending on my calendar. Cause right now my calendar is full with, you know, book stuff and all of that. But I do offer private coaching for more advanced levels. Uh, just you have to check on my availability and that's literally just, working one-on-one with me. So, um, and I have a Facebook group. It's a private group. It's called Animal Communication Planet. And the Facebook group is uh, a place where the members post their pets and the other members practice. And so everyone gets like a little mini reading. It's really cool. And there's some really- Do you have to be part of your course to be part of the Facebook group? No. Oh. Anybody. Yeah, anybody can join us. Yeah, I know. So, and there's free training videos in the Facebook group. I mean, it's like a 
an avalanche of resources that I provide it for someone who's really you know interested and wants to learn you know I pay it forward I believe in paying it forward nobody helped me when I started out nobody I had doors slammed in my face left and right and I thought you know someday if I get to the point where I can help somebody even one person I'm going to share as much as I possibly can and that's what I've done I've created these platforms where it's just an avalanche of information. It's probably too much like, whoa. <laughs> Let the people decide. Talk about your animal sanctuary. I think that's so sweet. And then so what go to these critters? You know, there are, uh, there are not enough homes in the world for, uh, for the animals. And, and it breaks my heart to know that there are very deserving um, animals that get overlooked at the shelters because they have a limb missing or an eye missing or an ear missing, or maybe they're old, maybe they are diabetic, maybe they have a heart condition and nobody wants to give them a chance. So what I do, Sandra, is I created a nonprofit animal sanctuary and I rescue the pets that no one else wants. I go to my local shelters and I go to the director and I say, give me the one who's been here the longest. Give me the one with no applications. Give me the one with the most problems. Give me the pet that nobody else wants. I'm going to cry. Oh, it's all right. You've got a lot of love in your heart. That's what that is. There should be more people like you, you know, I'm sorry. They just all do our part. They deserve love too. They deserve love. It doesn't matter what they look like or how old they are. I I'm with you on this. Absolutely. You know, I, I had to do this. This is a lifelong dream of mine. And I have a 30 acre ranch in Eastern Washington. And we're very different because we're strictly volunteer. We have no staff. So it's just volunteers. So we need donations. I'm always, of course, wanting donations. But when the animals come here, they stay here. We don't adopt out. They stay here and they live the rest of their natural lives with us as part of the family on this beautiful ranch. And if you go to PaintedRainRanch.org, you will see how beautiful it is. These are the luckiest animals in the world that, that come here and live with us on the ranch. And they are spoiled beyond belief. And that's all I do all day is, you know, clean up unmentionables and care for these guys. <laughs> I wonder what does Karen Anderson do all day? Um, yeah, I'm the you know head pooper scooper and um, medicator of of everyone. So uh, it is my joy, it is my honor to provide these precious souls a final refuge. So that's what I've done, and now I dedicate my life to these animals, to the nonprofits, and all the proceeds from my books and my courses go to them. How many um, animal souls do you have living there with you? About 25 right now. Goodness. And it's, it's small because we are a small operation and I will only take on as many as I can properly care for. Like I said, it's just my husband and I, we don't have a staff. There's no crew. It's just the two of us and our passion and our love. So I won't bring on too many that I can't 
care for. Maybe down the road, we can do an expansion, but that all depends on donations. Obviously, the more donations I receive, the more lives I can save and bring these special guys and girls and critters in. And we have everything, horses, chickens, um, cats, dogs. Um, I even had uh, albino turkeys. Um, you know, I call it companion animals, but, you know, they're truly, it can be any animal that needs a place, a soft place to fall. And the Painted Rain Ranch is that place. It's truly a, 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 a dream come true. And I, I'm hearing myself talk about it. And I almost am like having this out-of-body experience because I did it, Sandra. I did it. I did it. I created this nonprofit. And it's saving lives. And yay, I, I can't tell you how good Ooh, that feels. It's huge. It feels so good. Can and that my books, yeah. my books can fund it, right? You know, right. I mean, the more books you buy, the more money goes to the animals and the more lives I can save. It is a beautiful oh. thing. Speaking of um, animals you save, I'm not a vegetarian, but I absolutely love <laughs> the critters. You know, I've got wild turkeys and deers and all that stuff. Is it okay to eat meat? <sighs> In your world, are you a vegetarian? I'm vegan. You're vegan. Well, let me put it this way. I'm about 97% plant-based. And I say 97 because um, I raise my own hens. I have um, hens that, of course, needed a home. These were going to the chopping block, so to speak. So they came here. Um, so we have their eggs, no roosters, just the hens. Um, so of course I enjoy those eggs. I also buy local honey, which you know isn't total veganism, but 97% of the rest of what I do is plant-based. Um, and I will tell you, don't feel badly about your choice. I don't judge because I don't want to be judged. You know, we all have a decision to make it. Even if you just replace one thing, like I started out first with butter. I said, I'm not going to use, you know, animal fat butter anymore. I'm going to use olive oil or avocado oil for, you know, instead. Now they have all this great plant-based butter. You know, back when I started, they didn't have anything. It was horrible. Everything tasted like cardboard. It was all yuck. Well, you know, things are very different now and there's some really good products out there. I also farm, so I raise my own produce, vegetables, and fruits. So I grow a lot of what I eat, and I also give the surplus to the animals. Even the local deer and the turkeys get surplus, so nothing goes to waste. So, you know, I won't be that person that wants to make you feel bad about your, um, your nutritional and dietary choices, but I will say that for me, it was... Um, it was a, it was a no brainer for me. I love all animals. I respect all animals, and therefore, I will stick with my plant based decision. And that's what's right for me. Some people can't; they have dietary needs. You know, like I said, if even if you switch out one thing, whatever that one thing is, you know, that's helping animals. It's helping the planet. It's helping, you know, what we're doing to this world around us, and you know, that's a personal choice. So yes, I'm an advocate 
but I'm also an advocate for respecting everybody's choice. Yeah, good good answer. And I know growing up, we all said a prayer before we ate. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying a prayer of gratitude for the nice being that allowed us to be able to live our lives. You know, they so again, it's a per, it's a perfect answer. No, no make wrongs at all. Uh, our time is just about up, but I just happen no, to think, I just no. happen to think we have we talk about pets in the afterlife. A lot of people have pets, and of course, I've got the deer walking past, the wild turkeys, the chipmunks, and squirrels. They're all pretty intelligent, aren't they? And can we trust and talk to them? Yes, wild animals too. But you know, it's real hard to validate because you know how you validate what you get from a wild animal. It's a little bit tougher, but yeah, it's the same process the what you will learn in animal communication is the same for connecting with departed humans departed wild or any wild animal it's the same for connecting with your spirit guides your angels it's the same step it's just you just shift your focus like who you want to talk to so it's literally a diving board it's like the beginning of your journey to to launch you into whatever area you're interested in that's great karen any final words before we close up this episode? I just want to say thank you so much for everyone who has tuned in and listened till the very end. And just please check out my website or my Facebook pages and order a million copies of my books, please. Okay, we'll make sure that happens. Well, Karen, <laughs> thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Let's do this again. I love it. We're not gonna let four years pass. New no. Way. Well, and also to our listener or our viewer, thank you for taking the time to be with Karen and I today. Her website, karenanderson.net. You can start there or paintedrainranch.org. Buy some books, sure. Um, I'm so grateful. Yeah, I love this. The Pet I Can't Forget. Beautiful, nice book. Thick one, filled and filled with stories. Of course, our home base is wedontdie.com. If you want a free copy of my book, chapter 10 is about grief. I always recommend that to everyone. Start there at wedontdie.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. Join my email list. Of course, you can cancel that anytime. It says you get the first few chapters of my book, but the secret is it is the entire book. Please join us for one of our free Sunday gatherings. We've had them now. Oh my gosh, we're going into our fourth year every Sunday at 2 p.m. New York time. Very inspiring, very powerful. We put a smile on your face, empowerment in your heart. And of course, you may be reconnected with one of your loved ones who are walking in that world unseen right now. So everything can be found at wedontdie.com. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I'm always so delighted. I feel so lucky to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that our lives here on earth are important. Find your passion, dabble in different things, but you can make a difference. And anytime there is that grief or is that hurt, it doesn't hurt to help another, even if it's a four-legged friend, you know, channel that energy somewhere. Thank you again for listening or for watching, and we'll see you again soon. 